Hey, it's Saints and Eights. What's good with y'all? How y'all feel? I hope you're blessed. I hope y'all blessed and highly favored. Yeah, like the Clark sisters sang to us. Shout out to those who know who the Clark sisters actually are. <laughs> For those who don't, just Google. Clark sisters. They they are legends <laughs> in, in, in the gospel community. I know I know my light-skinned Saints Clark. Clark? <laughs> who are the Clarks? Clark sisters. Oh, Googling now. <laughs> <laughs> I think... I think David Crowder sang one of their songs. <laughs> Chris Tomlin, maybe? <laughs> if he knows it. He, I, he brought the sunshine. Oh, I know that song. <laughs> you crazy girl. So anyways, let's get to what we're talking about. Today, we're going to be talking about how do you deal when your significant other has a sexual past that might be a little uncomfortable for you? Ooh, why is this relevant? I think it's relevant because... Everybody has a past. I mean, even virgins have a past because I know plenty of people in the church who are virgins, but kind of not, you know, <laughs> they, they, they didn't go to 10, but they were at seven and a half. Yeah. And if we real, if we real with one another, I mean, we come into a, a marriage loving somebody and it's real easy for insecurities and questions or any and, relationship really. yeah, and doubts to, to, to kind of creep in. Um, you know, um, so when you get married and when you start dating or whatever, you have all these questions about, you know, how do I deal with, or how do I, you know, um, compare, uh, or, uh, measure up to what my, my, my partner has, um, am I good enough? And I feel like that's all things that we should talk about. So one question Preston has gotten often, which is what's, what's another word for irritating, uh, irritating um <laughs> is that people will often ask you hey bro how, like how does it how does it feel to be with a girl that used to be gay and i just, just often i get that often so let, let's talk about that so let me let me give some context so if you didn't pick it up from what i just said i used to be gay even wrote a book about it it's called gay girl good god it's on amazon today anyway plug right um <laughs> When people like give us the phrasing, what is the question? How how do what's their tone? What's the facial expression when they ask that question? It's always this like this this trivia face. Like I'm trying to understand y'all, but I'm trying to understand why you and <laughs> why you would why would you ever date yeah, why would you, lesbian? Why would you pursue? Why would you put yourself through that <laughs> that uh that torment? Um, and I. It's, I used to get offended, but now I, I realize that it's it's really just intrigue. Hmm. You know, it's like, what do you mean? Like, I'm with somebody that I love. Like, why would you? You know. So, what do they exactly like? What What is the question exactly? It's 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 either you know, how do you deal with Jackie's past being gay, uh-huh. or um, do you have insecurities uh-huh. because Jackie used to be gay? And I, what do you say? So I used to get irritated a lot. So when somebody used to ask me the question, it just used to be a short no. I'm cool. I mean, I love my wife. It's Okay, but now I feel a responsibility not just to answer somebody's question honestly, but to answer their question in a way that would inform them or uh, even challenge them to 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 ask themselves, why do you think, um, you know, me being with somebody that used to be in a homosexual lifestyle is any different than being with somebody who used to sleep with a whole bunch of women like I did? Do Do you think that men would be more insecure in dating or pursuing a ex-lesbian than they would be pursuing a woman who had several partners uh 
I don't know. I, th- I honestly think that um, some men will have insecurity in both. Mm-hmm. I think it just looks different. Okay. I think because when you uh, are with a, a woman who had, you know, multiple sexual partners, um, you you always deal with the 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 question, you know, how many of them were better than me, or right. how many of them pleased her better than I, or you know, better than I pleased her. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that when you have uh, a woman who used to be in a homosexual lifestyle, it's mainly on you. Yeah. Do she like me? <laughs> you know, because you're a boy. Because I'm because I'm a man. Like right. you know, uh, I, I think it. I think it just looks different. Mm. Um, but, so, so you would say that the the because in, insecurities are fear, pretty much. And yeah, so the fear definitely. is, would she? When we're married and we are able to have sexual intercourse, would she be satisfied sexually with me? Or, or do I satisfy her better than the people that she was with? And the other question would be, does she even like me, enjoy me, have yeah. an affection for me? Absolutely. Yeah. Interesting. The crazy thing to me, though, is that when you when you were coming to me and telling me that people would ask you this after shows or whatever. Doing Q&As. Yeah. It's, my thought was, why ain't nobody ever asking me the question? Do they not know that the first like poem you put out on YouTube was the fact that you were sleeping with everything that could breathe and had lip gloss? Hmm? So I just don't so, I just don't understand. First of all. I wasn't out there like that. Cause no, but you were. No, no, I wasn't. You have bodies, Preston. Wow. God, God, it, God has put the bodies on himself on the cross and resurrected from the grave and given you new life and you're a new creature in Christ. But at the end of the day, you didn't have your share. All I'm saying is it was more than lip gloss. It was, it was, <laughs> it was more than that. They, I, I liked a lot of them. They had to have all their teeth. <laughs> I guess that's what it was. <laughs> behind the but lip you make gloss. It, you make it be seem like I ain't had no standards. I had standards. They had to have two legs. They had to be attractive. I wasn't out here... <laughs> I, I had to be attracted to them. Their ankles had to be shiny. <laughs> you acting like, man, like I was just like, a, come on now. Like I said. Embarrassing me for all these people. Don't my, listen to her. My thing, you said in front, like you can see them. Uh, my thing is, the question is rarely posed to me. How is it as a woman for you to deal with or how do you struggle with being with a man who had multiple women? In his past, it's like, why is the assumption that I am more of a sinner than you were or that I am more prone to uh, losing my affection for you than you would be? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's a really good question. And also, it irritates me sometimes, but it almost seems as if people don't realize that, you know, that my relationship, my multiple relationships with women and the sexual activity that I was involved in wasn't just as unnatural as you sleeping with a woman. Mm-hmm. It still was against God's design and order. It was still perversion. Mm-hmm. Because um, we, we we live in this culture, and you know this, we live in this culture where heterosexual sin is often looked at as natural, even though it's still anti what God has intended. The body was made for the Lord, not for sexual immorality. We're not even functioning how we're supposed to be functioning when we're using our bodies to sin against God, yes. period. But we're, when we're in this culture where orientation and all of these things has become, you know. So, like, how does it feel being with someone who had multiple sexual partners? Um, do you ever feel insecure? Um, do you have doubts? Have you ever had doubts? Well, I think one thing I think that has, I guess, governed how I see it all is the fact that we were friends first. 
Yeah. I really think that matters because I, I knew about your past from the jump. Mm-hmm. Um, like you were open with me and you were, I mean, how we met was us both sharing our stories on mm-hmm. the stage, yeah. you know, about me being a lesbian, about you being, you know, out there. And so I think we already, <laughs> our friendship was built on the reality that both of us had passed that God had redeemed us from. Yeah. Um, I think as your wife now, though, I think I'm not insecure. Um and I think that I think I'm not insecure, not because I'm this super confident person. I think I'm secure because of what I've seen about your character even before we dated. Uh, like even, can I share this story? Yeah. About, so like even there was a time when Preston had fell into sexual sin before we started to date, and he called me and he cried about it, saying that he had hurt God and he was repentant and just grieved at the fact that he had fell in sexual sin after being celibate for so long. And to me, that spoke volumes to the kind of person that you were, which Mm. to me meant like that this person loves God more than they love lust. Who you used to be was not who you were. And so I think that has carried, uh, or that's followed you into our marriage. Well, you're still that person. You're still a person with high integrity. Um, And so I think lack of security in a woman might be of seeing lack of boundaries and fighting in the man that they're with. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But also I think it's, I think what it's made me, it has made me sensitive to one, how to pray for you and just how to guard you. Because there is a difference when you've opened yourself up sexually to how you have to fight sin. Yeah. That's, you know what I'm saying? that's real deep because I think that's a testament to how, when we get involved with somebody or get in a relationship with somebody that we don't necessarily um, tr- trust their past, but we have to trust the person, the integrity of the person. And um, the same thing goes with you. I, I remember when uh, we were friends and I tell you the story all the time, but um, the day I first started liking Jackie uh, was when we went to, we had the show on the West side of Chicago and it was doing the gay pride parade. And of course, everybody knew her past, and she had a testimony on YouTube, a poem on YouTube that was viral about her past. And I just remember that day um, after we did our show, we went on the street to the gay pride parade, and you began to do your poem in the middle of the street, and you begin to weep and cry for the people out there. And to me, I one, it was super attractive. I was like, yo, this woman. So you were attracted that I cried? No. My, I was, my therapist would love you. No, no, I wasn't attracted. <laughs> it was it wasn't it wasn't necessarily the crying. It was how broken you were over this scene, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, really wanting the people that you're seeing on the street to know the Jesus that you've come to know. Mm-hmm. And I remember after the uh the the evangelism that we did on the street that day, you went in the church and you sat in the back of the church and you sat like in the back pew and you just cried Mm -hmm. and I came um, um, next to you and I was like, are you okay? And he was like, yeah, I'm okay. I'm just praying for the people outside. And that just really, really stuck with me. And so I think throughout our friendship, I had this framework um, in my mind that this woman is, is new. She's Mm -hmm. changed. She's redeemed. And so I, I think when it came time to pursue you, I didn't look at you, um, you know, as this, this, merely just this ex-gay person. I looked yeah. at you as somebody who was new. So would you say that that then is a huge factor in how we, how men would pursue women with past and how women are to submit to or love or even be willing to be pursued by men with past is just to consider the fact, are they a new creature or not? Yes. And do you believe that God 
when he talks about being a new creature in the scriptures and when he talks about conversion, when he says that their heart of stone has been made a heart of flesh, do you believe that that actually applies to people with sexual past too? Absolutely. I think it's a holistic change. I think God does not change us in portions. Mm. I think that we have to believe that when God changes a person, he changes them holistically. And I think that if you have the confidence that this person is new, that past won't necessarily be as daunting to you. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And I think that we have to, and I, I think that's a real good reason why we should uh, I think everybody's stories are not going to look like uh, like ours like we were friends for three years but I think it's good to have a good ground foundational groundwork of becoming friends with somebody uh, and and learning that character being um, used to that character before we before we try to figure out how to how to go on that makes sense I think I think the challenge too though is um I could just imagine that some women in particular are listening who would say, one, when do I share my past to him? So let's say a dude start pursuing them. It's like on the second date, am I supposed to say, hey, so yeah, I slept with seven dudes. Or like, like when, when is a wise time to even share that part of yourself? And two, like how do you even get over the shame of being reminded of what you did even before you share it? Because I, I would think that that's what somebody's thinking. I do think that you have to have uh, wise counsel and um, wisdom and, and people over you to to lead you and guide you in a relationship, kind of how we were, you know, in our courtship. But I don't know. I don't really know. Like, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's complicated only because I've seen women um, share their stories with, you know, a potential husband or a dude that is being that's pursuing them, share it prematurely and or unwisely because I think there's a way to share your story that isn't graphic. Um, and give like all types of visuals, especially with men, <laughs> like giving all kinds of visuals that they just don't need, you know, about where you did it and who you did it with, how it was. I think that that's unwise and unloving even. Um, and it puts a stumbling block before somebody unnecessarily. And so I think, I think you would have to discern that, like where, where, what level of like, how is the maturity of the relationship? Is this a serious relationship? Is this relationship leading towards marriage? Um, what are your, what do your pastors think? What do the wise women in your world think? Do they think that he even needs to hear that? Like, does this in- information impact the growth of the relationship? Is it impeding the growth of the relationship? Is there some kind of level of distrust that you have because of your sexual past that is keeping you from trusting him? And so now this needs to be addressed because yeah. it's a situation that, you know, you can't progress beyond. And so I think there's a lot of questions that go into it. But I think to your point, I think without community, then we're depending on our own wisdom to make these kinds of decisions. Um, And sometimes our own wisdom is not the best. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's really good. That's dope. And I think that's I I think that's key what you said, because I think it's important for, you know, um, singles or even people who are in a courtship to know that the things that you might throw out there to the person that you're dating about your sexual past that you think that might be. Um, attracting or appealing to them might end up insecurities later on in the marriage. Mm. So I think it's real important for for you not to throw things out there, you know, prematurely to kind of try to tempt the man or tempt the woman. Um, but to but to, if you're new, act like you're new. Like I, I, you mean like a new creature? Like yeah, if you're a new creature, act like a a new creature in Christ, and, and don't allow your past to necessarily dictate the, your your present relationship. Yeah. Um, so. I think I think in terms of shame, I think shame is shame is big. Um, shame being like 
just the feelings or feeling some type of way or humiliation or distress or pain because of what you've done in your past. Um, I think shame can keep a lot of people from being able to express what God has done for them freely and openly, not even talking about relationships, just in general. What does it look like for, for a woman to, to have shame, to have shame? Like, um, when it comes to their sexual past, because from a man's perspective, I, I, I kind of know y'all have y'all be having too much pride. Yeah, but it's shame as well. Okay, but, but like, and I'll, I'll express that. But from a man's perspective, from a woman's perspective, how what does that look like? I don't know. I think I think just I think just fear. What what will somebody think about me if they knew if they knew the truth about what I've done and who I used to be? Will they think less of me? Will they look down on me? Will they will they withhold ministry opportunities from me? Will they not believe me when I say that I love God? I think all of these kinds of doubts and questions come out of feelings of shame. But I think the reality is, is that God does not give us shame. God don't even give us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. And so I think understanding how much shame and fear and pride and doubt, how they're all really friends and sisters and cousins. It's a whole family of them. (laughs) (laughs) But the truth of the matter is, is that what the gospel does is, is that Christ is the one who took our shame. Mm. And so on the cross, he already took the punishment for the sins that we've done, past, present and future. And so if that is the case, if our sins really were in the grave and God has risen from that and we too have risen from that then the reality is I don't have to live where shame is because Jesus doesn't, you know, I'm free. I'm forgiven. Who I am is what Christ says I am. You better teach us. I'm a new creature. I'm his beloved. I am his bride. I'm like, I'm new. And so I have to force myself. That's what it means when it says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound mind. Like to have a sound mind needs to have self-control over what I think. And so I have the power by the spirit to control what I think about myself and my past too. The truth is, is that Jesus has forgiven me, period, Mm. period. So any thought that enters into my mind or into my heart that is not in alignment with the gospel needs to be deleted. Yeah. 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 That's, that's really dope. And I just, I don't know when I, when I heard you say that, I just immediately thought about Philippians 2, 5, where it says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but humbled himself. Later on, it says that he became obedient to God, even obedient to the point of the death of the cross, which was one of the most shameful deaths Mm. that anybody can, can, can die. Crucifixion. Yeah. Right. So like literally like God himself was hung on a cross and like, and, and mocked and ridiculed like so when we say he died for your shame i think that's what jackie's talking about like he literally died one of the most shameful deaths yeah, he of be- his time he became shameful for us yes <laughs> like how how much he more shameful the- can you become being god naked hungry stretched out underneath the complete wrath of god for the sins of people who are enemies of him. Yeah. That's like the epitome of shame. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so I, I think I think when we when we look at it that way, it's kind of foolish to to hold somebody accountable who is a new creature in Christ to what they did Ooh. when their savior literally became shame on their behalf. Mm. Like took their shame. That's you know what I'm saying? Heavy. That's heavy. Yeah, I think um yeah, I think that's a, a beautiful challenge to have is how do I see the like if I was a guy and I'm pursuing a particular woman that has a particular past, do I see her with the same eyes that Jesus does? Mm. I think that's the question that I guess they would have to ask themselves or yeah, I guess ultimately it's, you know, 
if a woman is being pursued by a particular man with a certain past or a man is partic- uh, pursuing another woman with a particular past or in marriage or whatever the case may be, if you've been married five, 10 years, it's do I see this person how Jesus sees them? Yeah. And I think when I guess when we walk in that same kind of love or even just perceptions of our neighbor, I guess it would change how we see or how we uh, love them. Yeah, so I think from a man's perspective, I think that we really have to, you know, fight our pride. You know what I'm saying? Because it, it could be a lot of pride when it comes to your your significant other. That's my question, though. Like, I this is an assumption, but it doesn't feel like, or it doesn't seem like with women, th- there, are, there are insecurities. I think that the fear is, will he cheat on me because he used to have all these women or women, or is my body up to the standard of the amount of women that he might've had? Or uh, even if it's not even the amount of women, but the last woman. Yeah. The last woman, or like if it's pornography, like, am I, am I good enough for what he's seen, et cetera? Like there's a lot of fears with that, but you use the language of pride, Mm -hmm. right? What, what is, what is the pride? What is, what is that? Yeah, I think I think I think every man wants to be their wife's hero. Huh. Once we, I like even if I can be just honest, I I want you always to think highly of me. And I think what men don't always communicate verbally is that I I I want I want this 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 woman, my helper, my 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 love to to know that I'm the the best man in the world, mm-hmm. to know that I'm the strongest man in the world, mm-hmm. to know that I that that you know that beside other than Christ, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> I'm I'm that dude. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? And okay. I, 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 you know what I'm saying? I, I think, I think in a lot of ways, that's the way God created us, right? We created us to be protectors, hmm. um, to be uh, providers. And I think that if we have a thought in our mind that, oh, my wife enjoyed somebody more than me, mm-hmm. I think it can, it can mess with our pride. So how do you, how do you fight that? Like, what do you do? Well, with you, I never had to fight that. You know what I'm saying? Because well, you well, there's there's some fears somewhere. Well, yeah, no. Well, I'm I'm saying I never had to fight the actual thought that you know that she enjoyed this man because oh, because I, was I wasn't first, with him. Yeah, I was the first man you were with. <laughs> but you know, that's but, hilarious. But but even though you wasn't with other men, yeah, I still have fears that one day you will enjoy another man more than me. Yeah, in the past, I've expressed that to you. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I and I have to I have to remind myself no that Jackie loves me. Hmm. And it's 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 deep. Some of my deepest fears still has been: Will you enjoy another man, not a woman? Even though your back, even though your your background was was with women. Why why do you think that men are more competition than a woman would be? Because I think that we naturally compare ourselves to what's like us. Uh, I'm not going to compare myself to a woman. Got it. Right. Um, even though you were you know involved with women yeah i look at another man and i think so i think it's a, i think it's just a testament to how my how, how our insecurities is not really wrapped in that person that we're with it's just it's, your head it's it no our insecurities is wrapped in us it's yeah. a hard thing that we deal with yeah you know i see another man and i see you know another man that's that's um good in a teaching gift and it's like man well my wife think that he's a better teacher than i am yeah i want you to think that i'm the best teacher in the world right. or uh will my wife think that he's more knowledgeable will my wife um you know enjoy his company more and mm. i think that um so if, to go deeper like if my wife 
you know, cheated on me? Would she enjoy this man better? Like, Mm -hmm. I think that we naturally compare ourselves with people who are like us Mm -hmm. and our insecurities stem out of that. Just, I think the same way with a woman, right? I I would, I would assume that, you know, if your, your significant other is watching porn, it's like, oh, do they, do he like their bodies more than, Mm -hmm. but I think the difference is, is that what you're explaining is insecurities that come out of normal and natural occurrences. If a woman is at church listening to a person or if a woman is at a, a, a track meet and somebody, I don't know why I use that example. Like I go to track meets, but you know what I'm saying? Versus porn, porn is already sexual immorality. And so for me to compare myself to that actually feels more natural. Cause there's a, a jealous, righteous anger that's coming out of which, it. Which it should be. And so I guess for me, I don't know. I have a lot of questions here. So how do you, how do you fight that? Cause in, in one sense, it seems natural. If you love somebody, you naturally care that they love you back or that the, that the love and the trust is mutual. Right. So I guess in my mind, I don't even know if I'm, I'm accurate in this, but I guess in my mind, I'm thinking about how, so let me care, compare it to this. You know how we have uh, children and children, they, they'll do something that's really not that fantastic. They'll like uh, do a twirl and it's the ugliest twirl in the world, but they want you to look at it. And they want you to say, did you see me? Did you see the twirl? <laughs> Tell me that this twirl was good, even though, you know, it was ugly. Shout out to right (laughs) and so that that desire in children is this desire for approval i think a lot of times approval can be looked at like oh you just want you know you just care about man's opinion you just care about attention but i think us as image bearers i think we were i think adam and eve were in a a world of divine approval but sin i think we have this gap in us or this this desire and this drive was we know we crave the approval of somebody namely god and we don't feel like we have it. So we try to get it from all these other ways. And so what I'm saying is the desire for approval is not necessarily bad. It's just, does the desire for approval enslave you? And so my thought is with you and feeling, or any man feeling these insecurities and these hints of jealousy, is there a way in which this 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 jealousy is actually innate as a man, as a husband? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If so, how does how do you not let that enslave you? This actual natural jealousy towards the one that you love, just as God has jealousy for us. That was really complicated the way I explained it. Yeah, but yeah. I'm, I'm processing. Gotcha. So <laughs> I I think you hit it right on the head. I think that we do have uh, a natural um, um, feeling to to want to be approved by the person that we're with, you know what I mean? And I think that God made us to be communal people who look for one another for approval in some sense. But I think, I think it was key when you brought it back to the beginning in the garden, like when God created everything, I think we have to understand that he defined everything that was good, hmm. right? He, he created things and he said, this is good. That is good. Even when he created Adam and Eve and he saw that, you know, Adam, um, you know, didn't have a helper suitable for him. And he took, you know, Eve out of Adam and you know, see, he said, this is good. This marriage is good. Even in our natural inclination of wanting approval for one another, I think that it has to be looked in the lens of how God created things. We have to look at our marriage and say, you know what, did God ordain this marriage? Did he name it good? Did he give me the significant other? And if so, we have to, we have to trust God first. Hmm. We have to trust in his divine creation. We have to trust in him bringing this person to me and 
him allowing this marriage to to come to fruition. And we have to trust that. So basically what I'm trying to say, we can't merely trust in the person that that we want approval for, but we have to trust in the, the God who made the person. So ultimately, trust in God and his approval of you gives you a security in the relationship that you're in to not try to find that kind of approval to the, to the point that it, it masters you from a human. Yes. Is that what you're saying? Yes, because there's nothing wrong with wanting uh, approval from your wife. There's nothing wrong when you want your wife to think that you're the best man in the world. Mm-hmm. But when it when it governs your whole psyche, you. when it yeah. rules you, yeah. all right, I think that you might be guilty of wanting your wife's approval more than you want God's eee, approval. Show both shy. I, I think... I think that was not a tongue. <laughs> I think. <laughs> Feel free I to think, interpret and tweet me and tell me what I said. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't do that. But I think that's when it becomes a problem. So my question for you is, how does that look like from a woman's perspective? Like, how, like do you think that a woman in an unhealthy way can, can really be controlled or ruled by absolutely what her husband I, I, I think it's a i think it's human i think it's human for us to because the, the fact that of the matter is god's approval is harder for i think it's harder for us to pursue the approval of god or to be satisfied in god's approval of us because it takes faith to do so yeah we don't see him we just have to believe that we are the righteousness of god yeah. We 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 got to look at a sentence and say that this is actually reality. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Versus, I see you face to face. I see uh, somebody is on the college campus and they see this little boy all the time in the class. They can see his smile, and so I think there's a. I think it's easier for us to depend on people and humans and creation um, to give us approval and satisfaction than it would be um, for God to do so. And so I think it's really the same thing you said. Is that if 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 God's delight in us is enough then our insecurities that just our natural insecurities that come up um, in our relationships or the lack thereof, I think they won't be as uh, mastering over us. But also we got to speak to the fact that a lot of women don't have daddies. You know what I'm saying? How and does so, daddy issues in the... Good. I'm sorry. Good. We we over time. What but, you... but ask this and then we got to go. So I have a question. Well, how does daddy issues um, affect how a woman might perceive or so I think we're low key off topic, but it kind of all works a little bit because we start talking about, you know, when your spouse then did too much or your boyfriend that did too much or your girlfriend that did too much and how to like deal with that. And then we moved into uh, shame and then approval. I think that all kind of works because really the, the insecurities that exist is this secret desire for their past not to impact their approval of you. Oh, yeah. look how I brought that around. Yeah. See how we, we we made that work? We, we was in a round. We was, you know, we was, we, we topic, was, we was we in the spirit. Atmosphere. But you got to catch it. You got to catch it. If you catch it, then there's a word in there somewhere for you. <laughs> what? So we over time, uh, we promised 30 minutes and that's what we're going to do. Y'all make sure y'all wash them dishes, uh, clean them off. Make sure ain't no stains on the forks. You have been, you have been to somebody's house and it's inside of one of the little pieces of the fork that still got some food on it. I don't know, but I used to be at my auntie's house and every single time, like they didn't, they just ignored it. It was roaches crawling across the screen. All right. Never had that happen to me. You ain't never had nobody that had roaches in their house and they just ignored them. Well, yeah. Like a part of the family. I have, but it, it's. 
Th- those are kind of houses where you sit on the couch, but you like you you sit with real good posture. Yeah, I mean, you like, don't sit back. It, I used to always be amazed. Like I know y'all see these three roaches <laughs> on Steve Urkel's face. <laughs> like what is y'all doing? They they think if we don't act like they here, they gonna think it just happened. I today. literally think they didn't see him no more. <laughs> <laughs> they they the cousins now, right? They just like they you, just playing. They just animals. They just here. It's just nature. They done named them. <laughs> They know them by the antenna size. It's impossible to name all them roaches. But thank y'all for coming, uh, for being here. Uh, make sure y'all subscribe, www.withtheperries.com. Thank y'all for listening to us rant. Y'all some really cool people for that. Peace. Peace.